Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Print On Demand cast, episode 51. We are one episode away from being one year old, which reflects very much so in our maturity and puns. So, as always, with me is my co-host, Travis Ross. Travis, how's it going, man? I see that uh, it's not the the plans to take over the world behind you, but instead, your your beautiful family, you are at your house recording uh, remotely. That's right, yeah. It's, uh, it's on the weekend, so grabbed all my stuff, brought it home. Um, cause you're going to be, you're going to be out of town this week. So we figured we'd try to get yeah. this knocked out. And, um, yeah, so this is my, it's my, my w- wife here and my wife and myself, and you can't see, there's my <laughs> finger guns, my finger guns pose. Yeah. It's uh, the infamous finger guns pose. And that's right. So yeah, I'm at home. Um, how, how are you doing? I know you're, you're kind of slowly fixing up your apartment now and uh kind of moving yeah, in slowly kind, kind of getting settled in a little bit trying to get uh you know this office set up and and we were just talking about before i press record the the slap back from the walls behind me and the echoes trying to figure out how to mitigate that but i think it'll be fixed when i uh, get the same microphone that you have there in front of you uh so i think that will uh, resolve any outstanding uh echo issues but yeah man uh, getting settled in uh, we are getting ready to go out of town this next week um, mm-hmm. to be with family uh, for another funeral, unfortunately. But um, that's and as of right now, actually, I'm actually waiting for a call in regards to that from a guy mm-hmm. that's going to be providing some of the sound equipment. So, if you, the listener, here's an abrupt stop or edit, that is probably why uh, we had to make that <laughs> cut. So, so yeah, man. Uh, all things considered, though, yeah, it's the weekend uh, and getting ready for another. Busy week and excited for what is in store uh, mm-hmm. for episode 52. But before we get there, we need to get a piece of business out of the way that has been, has been come to be known as the Weekly Dad Joke. All right, let's do it. Time for the Weekly Dad Joke. Hey, Travis, you know where the Big Apple is, right? Yeah, yeah, I know where the Big Apple is. Uh, well, do you know where the Minneapolis is? And that's been this week's Dad Joke of the Week. Let us know if you use it in your parties and if it has a good effect. But anyway, this week's point of interest. Point of interest. about episode 52. Travis, why don't you uh, tell uh, the listeners what we have in store next week for our one-year anniversary episode? Yeah, so our point of interest this week is really just kind of a, it's a it's a season three preview, but, you know, season three is starting right, it's starting next week. And so for yeah. episode 52, uh, we're really excited. We're going to have a special guest. He's actually been on the show before, uh, really had a, had a really great time with him the first time he was on. Um, and I'm going to leave that 
as a surprise. Okay. Um, oh, we're going to, oh, we're going nice. to do, no we're going to, yeah, I know no spoilers. We're going to do the episode live in the Facebook group. Um, we're going to actually, yeah. you know, you stream right to the Facebook group. Um, but if you want to know what time we're actually going to go live, you got to be in the Facebook group because that's where we're going to announce it. We're going to announce yep. what day and what time that we're going to bring this special guest on. And we're going to do, you know, the fifth episode 52. So if you're not already in the Facebook group, guess what I'm going to say? Go to printondemandcast.com slash Facebook and get in the group. Seriously, go right now. We'll wait. Yeah. 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 No, we'll sit here. We'll sit here. We're waiting. We're still waiting. Are you, have you done it yet? Yeah. I haven't gotten any new requests. Seriously. No. Go join the Facebook group. We said every week, but uh, Travis and I, we we uh, were brainstorming some ways to grow, um, you know, the the viewership, the listenership, the Facebook group. Last night at Left Hand Brewery here in Longmont, over, uh, and so we have a lot of stuff planned for you know the Facebook group, the YouTube channel, and that's going to be a place that you're going to want to be to find out everything that's upcoming, especially yeah. uh, when episode fifty two goes live and when we officially drop a new merch store uh what? is also dropping yes next week what is a print on demand podcast without a print on demand store with shirts for sale like it's been a missing component uh we've got some really funny and cool designs uh that will go kind of with the vibe uh, of the show and the new aesthetic, which uh, check out the Facebook group this week. I'm going to drop a little teaser as what the whole new look might kind of feel and look like new logo, new background, all that kind of stuff. So uh, stay tuned there as well for that. But uh, the merch store is going to be the easiest way to support the show so that Travis and I can continue to bring content um, for free to you without being in a behind a paywall or, or anything like that. Travis, uh, you can speak to this as well, but this is definitely a, a passion project, something that we like yeah. to do. It's not something that we necessarily are getting paid for. But if those listening like the content, like the hosts, like the dad jokes and the bad puns, then they're going to love the shirts and it will be a way that they can in turn support the show. Yeah. I mean, we as we were talking even last night, um, you know, we're going to be going to uh, the, the ISS trade show, I, I believe, in oh. January in Long Beach. We yeah. talked about... Uh, I'm actually headed out to a conference about UV printing um, in actually next month in September uh, with my production manager nice. and my son. And, and we'd like to do a little bit of remote, you know, content. We might even, um, yeah. so, so part of the stuff that, that, you know, we're, we're using this money for, and, you know, we've, we've been affiliated with, you know, the Vexels promotion and some of the other people we've had on the, had on the call, we've had affiliate links for those things. And that money is, you know, that bought this mic that's going to buy, you know, Josiah's right. mic that's paying for our StreamYard subscription. And, um, you know, and, it, right. and it's going to pay for some more equipment that we can like go on location and do a podcast like live, maybe in a hotel room as we're at the ISS yeah. show. And we just met, you know, a vendor that has a really cool product and we just want to bring them on. Um, you know, so, so things like that, we are, we're reinvesting back into, uh, into the show. Right. So we just want to know, let you guys know that this is an easy way for you to support that. If, if that's something that you believe in and something that you're, you're, you, you support or you want to support. Yeah. Um, and, and you also get to wear a really funny, cool t-shirt, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Or, or sip coffee out uh, of a cool mug. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I really like the designs that we have. And I think yeah, they're funny. We, we can kind of showcase uh, some of those designs and even get 
Yeah, that's, that's fine. I think we should. No, I just gave away the horse right there. The whole way show to go, arm. man. Let's edit. <laughs> Let's edit that out. I you know. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think it'd be fun to have our guest actually for episode fifty-two, kind of look at our shirts and give his opinion on give the a design. commentary. And, you know, yeah. give a commentary on. You know, he'll understand the parody and and all that kind of stuff because I know he's he's in tune with that whole vibe as well. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, like Travis said. We have a lot of things that we want to do, um, but all of them, of course, take uh, money. And we want to reinvest in the, in this show and do travel, exclusive travel vlog content on YouTube and remote interviews and all kinds of stuff on locations. And yeah. so there's lots of vision. And so if that's something that you guys would like to see and like to support, then the store is going to be the best way to do that. So people look out in the Facebook group. We'll drop the link next week's episode. We'll, we'll push it as well. I uh, just to let you guys know that it's there. Uh, Travis and I will hopefully be rocking one of the shirts uh, from from the store uh, on next week's episode as well. Mm-hmm. So, Travis, let's give some thoughts. We're talking a lot about season three. We've talked about mm-hmm. how the mark of season three is is arbitrary uh, and <laughs> it really doesn't mean anything. But what's not arbitrary is the vision that we actually have for season three and what we want to do with the content in season three. So, why don't you give your thoughts, kind of what we chatted about last night, even before we press record on what mm-hmm. season three has in store content wise. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you say it's arbitrary season three and it is, you know, it's just, we can, we can call tomorrow <laughs> season three. This could be season three and next week could be season four. It doesn't really matter. However, when, when we're doing these blocks like this, um, when we say, Hey, we're going to do a new season, it does at least cause us to sit back and kind of reflect. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing at left hand brewing. Um, and just talking through kind of who, who are, who are our listeners and what are our shows? And, um, and we're just like thinking about like how many in our audience actually, you know, they, they do either royalty or or drop ship POD only, you know, I I would say that it's likely a high percentage. And yet here we are, you know, two guys that have our own print shops, um, you know, and talking about, you know, our DTG and our employees and our, you know, our <laughs> machines and all right. of this stuff right. that really isn't as, as applicable to somebody who's either a, just getting started out or B has decided that I'm going to go 100% drop ship. I'm never going right. to press anything. Touch you know, anything. I just, yeah, yeah I yeah. have no desire to do that. And that's totally fine. And, um, I've, I mean, if you've listened to the, if you've listened to the show from the beginning, I, when we started the show a year ago, I was a drop shipper. <laughs> I was, I had decided to sell all my equipment and I was drop shipping and then it came into an opportunity to purchase a bunch of equipment. And, um, and for me, it was a good decision and it's been a, it's been a, a, a crazy ride, but it's been fun. But I wonder how applicable that is to our audience. And so one of the things that we talked about, you know, making season three, um, you know, to focus more content on things that, a, a drop shipper or a royalty based uh, print on demand company uh, a business would want to you know would want to consume and so you know keywording uh redbubble and and a lot of the things that we're going to it's just going to force us to go out and find interviews for, sure. to find people yeah. that are good at this stuff because we're not necessarily good at it you know we may have some knowledge to it and and I guarantee I have you know we have a lot of knowledge on like the business side and you know, whether, whether you're drop shipping or you're producing, there are some business concepts that are definitely similar and, and overlap a lot. And we can speak to that all day, but 
if when we're getting into like the the nitty gritty of Redbubble or Spring or right. you know some of these other Spreadshirt or you know uh, picking a pod supplier, um, I mean we have some podcasts on that because we've had some experience with that. But there are other people that are doing that you know more on a day to day basis where we're you know kind of in the thick of producing the stuff. So I think. That shift, uh, we're hoping that you're going to see that shift. Um, and it's not like we're going to completely stop talking about being uh, in production because that's who we are and, sure. and that's going to come yeah. out. So we do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, but I think I think we want to also just re, just just realize what our audience, who our audience is and um, what they need. And so this is where we kind of need your help. We're reaching out to you and saying we'd yeah. love to have your input on this question. Like what are the things that a royalty based print on demand business needs to know about? What are some of those right. questions that you need answers to or things that maybe you know that you didn't know when you started and it would be really cool if somebody who is starting now knew that and we could maybe sure. have a show on that particular thing. So all of those um so all of you people who are doing, you know, royalty based drop shipping only we would love for you to send us an email uh info at print on demandcast.com go on the facebook group uh and just or, or something like that drop us some type of message that says hey i think these topics would be really beneficial for season three and if we don't have the expertise we're going to try we're going to do our best to find people that do yeah, 100%. We hope that, like Travis said, this is going to be um, a pivot, there's the word, uh, that is going to be helpful for, for everybody. Um, and like Travis said, if we're not seasoned, if we're not knowledgeable, we have no problem going and finding out the people that are because all the knowledge that seems to be shared on, on this show from guests um, always benefits uh, Travis and I as well. So we're always wanting mm -hmm. to learn more, we're always wanting to know more. And so go to the Facebook group, shoot us an email, uh, let us know what it is that you want to hear in season three topics you want covered in season three. And we will do our best to meet the demand uh, that is there for, for this next season. On to the main event. Hey, 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 it's time for the main event. So we're going to talk about an overview of decoration methods. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're out there listening. You're probably going to rewind it a little bit and say, didn't they just say that they're not going to talk about other production methods and, and move? <laughs> and well, yes, we did say that, but then it, it is still season two. So season three, we're going to pivot and go to the but what we just <laughs> spoke about. But this is the end of season two, and we have to do right by the end of season two and stay consistent <laughs> and talk about <laughs> production methods. So technically technically we're not lying that's not <laughs> what podcast professionals do so uh but if you're listening and even if you're doing 100 drop shipping um these are print processes that if if your current print partner doesn't provide them maybe you want to go find another print provider that that does have these print methods to kind of enrich in your catalog mm -hmm. and and expand and expand your offerings. So the first one, Travis, that we're going to talk about is one that you and I have just pissed and moaned about, and we <laughs> have uh, we have commiserated over, uh, and that is embroidery. Embroidery is highly, highly popular and uh, in, in high demand, but it's very uh, doing it in person or, or in house, I guess, is 
incredibly challenging. Yeah. Um, we've been doing embroidery, um, you know, since we acquired the new machinery, uh, last November. And it's only recently that we've kind of finally figured out the secret sauce, if you will, um, (laughs) of, of really how how long has that been? What's that, what's that time frame? Yeah. Um, you mean how long has it been since we've, since we yeah, figured since, it out or what do you got mean? it uh, from well, the time we, since you've got it until you figured it out right yeah, how long I mean, has we, that been yeah like i said we got it back in in november and we were trained by people who it was kind of secondhand knowledge um sure. and so what happened was we ended up getting a, a warranty and had a tech out and i had my my production manager just basically just totally follow him and be in that room the entire time he was going through and just ask a million questions. And even after that, we realized that some of the things that this tech tech that came out to our, this technician that came out to our space, he wasn't, he wasn't even doing it the way Melco, who Melco is the company that we have the machines. It's the manufacturer of the machines. Melco's videos online were saying to do something different than the tech was. And had we just watched the videos could have saved us. There were some hooping things. And uh, so, so we've just, you know, it's been up back and forth, but I mean, it took us a good six months before we really, you know, we're just, like I said, we're just kind of coming into our own. Um, We had a couple of orders uh, specific, like special orders that we put out actually on Friday and, um, it was two different designs. And I, I was very, very pleased with the way they came out and they were, had we done these four months ago, I don't think they would have looked as good. Um, and so, so to kind of, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit on embroidery, because you have like, like Josiah alluded to you, you've heard us piss and moan about this for a while. Cause (laughs) Josiah, you guys had, you had a machine for a while and basically just yeah. said, yeah, we're punting. <laughs> Tell yeah, us about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, yeah. Well, there, there was a, it was a kind of a perfect storm of, of things. Um, part of it was a, uh, I, I was told personally, like, all right, uh, figure this out. And that was it. And so for the first couple of months or, you know, weeks, months, I, I, I did my best, watch YouTube videos, try to figure it out, got tutorials, read through the manual, which was of no use or no help, really. <laughs> um, so and, and it was very much trial by fire. I had it dialed in uh, pretty well. And then I, I don't know, I think I left it alone for like three or four days, went back and everything was off different. It was, there was just <laughs> nesting. And I was like, what? The last time I was here. Uh, this thing was running like butter. Uh, so um, we brought we brought a tech out to to look at it um, as well and kind of walk us through. And then and then there was the instance where my wife's Etsy store got uh, shut down, right? Got mm-hmm. suspended, which is a whole nother story um, and plenty of cautionary tales packed in that as well. So, but because of that, we were forced to this like, okay, well, we have to get some capital back because her Etsy store was huge. It was, it was really big volume account for the business. And uh, so then we were just like, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and figure something else out and we had to get rid of offload the machine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too sad about it, uh, honestly, because embroidery is definitely something that you will save yourself a lot of um, uh, wear and tear. If you just outsource it, you know, drop ship embroidery, yeah. you know, print on demand embroidery, doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, as it is. I understand now why people want to do batches of 12 only or what have you, but 
Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's our experience with embroidery, but it's definitely something that's in high demand and something that's, you know, very easy to, to outsource. Yeah. So like I said, to peel back the curtain a little bit, um, embroidery is uh, for print on demand embroidery. It's it, first of all, it, it is like Josiah said, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you can, unless you can do like text only um, because every single art piece that you have, um, for embroidery needs to be digitized. And um, what that means is basically they take the piece of art and then they basically manually, well, there are some softwares that can do it, but typically most people say softwares can only get it 80 to 90% there. You really do need some expertise and a human touch to kind of tweak some of the the things that the software will do. But basically what it's doing is it's creating a a path for that word or for that image or whatever. And it's creating where that needle is going to go. What's going to do first, what, you know, where, where is it going to, you know, stop threading this color and grab another color and start going on that color. And, and all of those things uh, based on the image that you feed the software or the human, you know, does it themselves. Um, I, I know little to nothing about digitizing except that it has to be done. Um, we yeah. have, so, so we outsource all of our digitizing to professional people that that's what they do. And it really, uh, you know, I have heard again, because I don't know a lot about it. I have heard that it is an art form. You know, there are people that are really good at it. And then there are other people that aren't as good at it. Um, and so you really want to make sure that your digitizers, you know, tr- you know, you tr- kind of try a few of them, if that's something that you're going to go down that path um, and find somebody yeah, that's sure. going to be a relatively inexpensive, but still quality enough that you can, you know, get a good, good, good quality digitized file. So then you have that digitized file. You bring it into your software, um, and, and I did mention, you know, for print on demand, if if you're going to do that, you, you almost have to have um, either pre-digitized files. So, in other words, hey, uh, client of mine who wants to do digitized, mm-hmm. y- y- I want all of your files um, upfront digitized before we go live. So maybe they only want to do, you know, that's going to be 20, 30 bucks a piece for digitization right. on every single one of those files to put it on a hat um, or to put it on a, you know, left chest or wherever they're going to do it. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit of an upfront cost for them. So it might make sense to say, Hey, we're only going to do five hats, you know, for our store or whatever. Um, Cause that's going to be, you know, a hundred bucks or 150 bucks or whatever, you know, the digitizer is going to charge. Um, once you have that, then you can reuse those files. It's a one-time fee, but you have to have that to do POD or you can do text-based only because there, uh, Melco comes with what's called design shop. And I can go in right. there and type something out in a font and design shop knows these fonts because they're true type fonts and it knows it's, it's a vector type file. It can, um, do a pretty good job of digitizing that to where I can take that and do a one color text design on a hat or on a shirt or, or, or on whatever I'm did, you know, I'm a, a beanie or whatever. Um, so if we do text base, you can, you can kind of get away with print on demand and not have to pay somebody else to digitize it because we have the software to do that text base only. Now I will say some fonts give more problems than the others. Um, or or diff, more difficult, um, you kind of have to watch that. And you have to, again, trial by fire. You have to go through the process of like sewing something out and going, oh, that looks like crap. We're not using that font anymore. Then you have to tell your client. Um, we've gone right. through all of that. Uh, so once you have all that, you put it into the software and then literally you, you tell 
you, you basically are seeing this image on the screen and you say, okay, well that, that line right there needs to be blue. And so blue is on, you know, slot 16 on top of the machine. So we're going to assign that and you assign all the colors, you know, back and forth and, you know, forth and back and all of that to your design, however many colors it is. We have a, our, we have EMT 16. So there's 16 different colors um, that we can run at a time. Um, right. And then you 16 have different needles, the, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. And each one of those is tied to a string. So it's going to yep. move yep. the product underneath. And then the, that needle, you know, the purple one's going to go ahead and, and right. do that right. sewing. And then when it's done with the purple, it's going to move the product again over to the yellow. And then it's going to go down. And it's um, it's really cool to watch. It's a little loud. It's not, you know, crazy loud. But, um, you know, you, you kind of have to talk loud when you're in the room when the machines are running. Um, but, yeah, yeah. so... After you're done, um, you know, if, if you don't have a thread break <laughs> or you don't have a, a bobbin issue, so the bobbin is underneath and it's basically what right. is holding the thread to the back of the material. So every time it goes through, the bobbin is is holding it. Um, so you, you some it's a it's another thread of spool or a spool of thread. Um, and so mm-hmm. on the back, if you if you like look at the back of an embroidered thing, you'll see kind of a white. So usually the bobbin thread is white. Sometimes it's black. Um, right. And it's right. basically that thing that's holding the colored thread that's in front, the decorated thread, uh, to the actual garment. Um, and then you have to have backing. So you put backing on it to where that that bobbin thread is not pulled into the the garment or the hat or whatever, and making kind of the the it, it gives a buffer to where it doesn't squeeze it so much to where you'd be able to see it from the front. Um, so so those are kind of some of the. Um, I know that was incredibly long-winded and I apologize for that, but I, I just feel like, you know, I, I just want to share some of my pain. This is a little cathartic for me. Yeah. yeah Cause I was, I was going to say the thing is about everything Travis is saying is that every, at any given moment, any one of those things, a needle, a thread, the bobbin, mm-hmm. the backing, any of it can have an issue. And the yeah. most, the most was seemingly insignificant thing that would to us uh, can just throw off an entire job, and then yeah. you're at the point where you're scrapping it or you have to restart. That's why sew samples are are, are important as well. Like Travis was saying, you always want to run sew samples uh, to kind of get the idea, mm-hmm. and then you can have a better idea of placement on the actual hat or polo or whatever it is yeah. that you're printing. Um, but needless to say, embroidery is a an art form, um, and yeah. it's definitely a, a labor intensive process but yeah again there, there's always a huge market for it people always want hats people businesses are always going to want polos chefs are going to yeah. want chef's jackets yeah, there's lots of stuff that you can do with embroidery that makes it worth at least adding to your arsenal whether it's in-house or having a print-on-demand you know fulfillment company doing mm-hmm. it for you i'll say two more things about um embroidery and then we can move on but um one of them is uh, just, just kind of for the process, you, you, you have what's called a hoop and, um, there's a hat hoop. So you have a hoop that you're basically putting the hat on and stretching it out, or you have a flat hoop. Um, and these hoops can be different sizes. They can be different shapes. So, so you can have a, a hoop technically that's a rectangle or, or a circle or, you know, different shapes. Sometimes you, you can sew patches. And so you have a really small hoop and, and, and it's showing on a patch material, um, but there are also different manufacturers for these hoops. So like we have Melco 
hoops, but there's a, I, I wish I, I wish I could remember the name of this one company. They have this really, really awesome hoop, but it, we haven't got it yet because it's like $700 and it's, uh, 750 bucks and it's like a hat hoop that really really keeps i mean because think about it you want that hoop to be on there really tight and really strong because if it move if that hat moves while it's being sewn you're gonna throw that hat out and you know hats are anywhere from you know four dollars to you know you can get hats for 16 bucks you know if it's a right. branded hat yeah, or something it's, like it's, that it's you don't want to throw from, that, from that blank out. like oh it's a dollar 80 right you mess up right. a shirt, it's like a buck eighty, maybe two bucks, whatever. And you're like, oh man, that sucks. But right. know, I'm going to have to run something different. With hats, it is such a more high dollar item. Same thing with polos sometimes too. If there's a branded, you know, polo that mm-hmm. uh, for golf, whatever the people are wanting, uh, it could be a lot of money. It gets a lot more expensive to yeah. have a job that doesn't go correctly. And then the last thing I'll say, so that's more of on the, you know the manufacturing part, just so you understand kind of what you're doing or how it's working. Um, the, the, the last thing I'll say is one of the biggest things that we found that wasn't necessarily being done um, up to the standards that we're now doing it is the maintenance on these machines. These machines mm-hmm. are the most temperamental machines we have in our entire shop. Um, and and it, when you were talking about your story, Josiah, talking about how I came back four days later and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I'm like, yep. That absolutely could happen. Luckily, we're running <laughs> our machines every single day, and we're doing when the yeah. maintenance thing pops up. What you know, and it comes in. He doesn't stow anything until he finishes that maintenance, um, because, like you said, there are so many little points, and it's not just actual physical mechanical things that can go wrong. Um, I mean, obviously they can, but then then you have to kind of know, okay, well, if this is if this is happening physically and mechanically. What can I do in the software? Because there's an infinite number of software tweaks you can do in the actual software. You can adjust different, you know, numbers and things like this. I I have a very limited knowledge of this. My son, he has really spent a lot of time. He understands this. And so getting that maintenance done so you don't have to go into the software and correct some of those issues um, will really save you a lot of time. Um, so, yeah. I hope we haven't scared everyone away from embroidery. It's actually a really beautiful decoration <laughs> process, but man, it's, it is. Uh, it can, but it can yeah, be a hassle. <laughs> you, yeah. You're just letting you know, you know, what you're getting into, uh, you know, but it is, uh, once you dial it in, uh, there's lots of money to be made and it is a very sought after print process. And if you're good at it and you have, you do it well, you could get a lot of business fulfilling for people as well. Sure. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the next process I want to talk about uh, is something that we've started using uh, here at What, what For Apparel um, mm-hmm. is screen print transfers um, through Transfer Express uh, specifically. So we use, I know there's lots of screen trans screen print transfer uh, companies out there, um, but we have a client that does a lot of backs and sleeves. And backs and sleeves uh, on a DTG are, is doable, <laughs> but again, very labor-intensive uh, repetition, repeating the process. And sleeves can be finicky, and this, depending on what sleeve flatten you have, it can also be finicky. Uh, so we wanted to go the route of screen print transfer. So what that allows you to do, it's literally, just as it sounds, um, they screen print the design that you're looking for uh, onto a piece of transfer paper and they can mm-hmm. gang it which means uh they have a lot of images on one sheet 
uh, depending on the size, there can be anywhere from like, I don't know, 12 to 16. To, I mean, it depends on if it's small, it could be a lot of them. If it's bigger, mm-hmm. not so much. But uh, basically the process is then when, when you get it in, you cut them out accordingly, you know, into single images. Um, and then for us, we just put our sleeve on the little hat press that we have, which seems to work out pretty well because uh, the print area is about the same. Um, and we just let you lay it face down and it's five seconds at 365 degrees and you have a screen print quality t-shirt print on the sleeve on the back we have some for full fronts some of the better selling designs of this client we got them ran uh for screen print transfers like the one two color stuff um and it's it has saved so much time so much labor and for you know if you're looking to as a way to kind of start doing some production yourself and maybe you're doing a lot of job shipping but you want to bring something in-house Screen print transfers allows you to, to offer the quality of a screen printed t-shirt without having to buy the entire rig and the whole system. Mm-hmm. You just need a heat press. So, I mean, I, they've, they've come, they've been crucial and they have just saved, they save so much time, so much labor, so much pre-treat. You know, if you are in mm-hmm. the production process, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it, it, they're, they're just a lifesaver and they're applicable, yeah. applicable probably for one, two color designs, maybe three, anything more than that. Mm-hmm. It gets to the point where it's, it's pretty pricey. The more colors you add, just like screen printing. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, one, one or two color designs, it's, it's perfect for. Yeah, I know. Um, so we had a client that came in that, um, wanted a, they had a 200 shirt order and a 100 shirt order. And the 200 shirt order was going to be basically a picture. So it was like, you know, full color picture. And then the 100 shirt order was going to be more like, I think, a six color design. So I'm thinking, you know, both of these are full color. And so I I went to Transfer Express just to kind of get an idea of what I was looking at. And because the picture was, you know, I don't know, like three inches tall or four inches tall and like 11 wide or, you know, something like that. And then the other, the, the other image was like a full front. Um, so it was like 11 by maybe nine or something like that because of the size of the full color transfer, I was able to gang them on the same image. So I would have, you know, so basically instead of having 200 of one thing and a hundred of another, I could have 200 and just cut off what I needed for the hundred order. Um, and still, you know, so pay a lot, lot less because think about it when you're screen printing, you don't care what is on that screen. You know, you don't care what's on that whole screen. You're just, you know, it's just full color and you move it on and you remove the next one on. It doesn't matter how, you know, what's on the screen. It's just how many actual prints am i actually doing that's what's going to cost you and then how many colors so i i was uh looking at screen uh, transfer express and they have what's called a full color transfer um right next to their screen printed transfers and i was like well this is a full color so i'm going to go with full color so i i looked at that and i was like oh that's really cool so i was talking to josiah again last night we were talking about this um (laughs) And I, in the meantime, I ordered a sample pack because I don't, I don't know what I don't know because I haven't really done this. Sure. And so what sure. was your answer when I said, hey, let's, w- should I do this with a screen or with a full color transfer? Uh, because it's not one or two colors like, you know, like some of the stuff you guys are doing. Right. Right. So my response to you was uh, the full color transfers are garbage. They are not, <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> Uh, we have a customer who owns a local grocery store and they wanted some shirts done. 
and they have, I think it's about four colors in their logo. And so we thought the same thing. Well, perfect. Transfer Express, we've had great luck with Transfer Express. So that means that uh, all of the products should be uh, equal, but it turns out mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. Um, so we got some of them in and, and different transfers have different processes, different heat, different time. If you're doing what they call the elasta print, which is like for the hundred percent polyester for polos and jerseys and that kind of stuff, it's a lot less mm-hmm. heat for a longer time. And it's a cold peel, which means you got to let it be cool to the touch before you peel off the transfer, the screen for transfers that we have. The goof proof is what they call them. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. hot peel. So as soon as it comes up, you just peel it right off and you're good to go. These full color prints are a cold peel. Um, and so the peeling process wasn't always, the, the peel didn't, wasn't always clean. But then the, the, mm-hmm. the shirt itself, like the, the transfer, feels very plasticky, like you're wearing a sticker. And, mm-hmm. and, and some people might be okay with that, but it's very much middle of the mall kiosk let me print you a custom shirt feel you know what i mean it's very heavy mm-hmm. and and it doesn't feel soft it's not feel it doesn't feel like a dtg or a screen print it's very obvious that it was right. transferred so um i you know for one thing we discovered for hats like the white foam trucker hats they look actually pretty sweet and and they and it doesn't <laughs> matter how they feel on a trucker hat or you know on another hat, 100% right. cotton hat that they'll, they'll work on that doesn't matter as much as a shirt. So we're trying to kind of salvage the, some of the ones that we had. And we're like, hey, grocery store, would you like trucker hats? Please say yes. Because uh, we've got so many of these small, you know, uh, tra- full color transfers that just aren't good to, good enough to put on a shirt. Again, some people might be okay with it. But for us, we, it's not, it wouldn't be consistent with the other stuff we've produced. And we just, we just weren't a fan of it. So yeah. I would advise against it uh but hey okay. each his own some people don't care you know what i mean and they're fine with that quality that look that feel that which is totally awesome if that works for you for your customer then then by all means but for us it just it just was not a positive experience yeah no that makes sense yeah so we're gonna have to figure out another way i mean obviously we can dtg it it's just you know 200 individual prints that are dtg'd it's honestly probably the best solution because it is a full color you know, e- even mm-hmm. if I did outsource it to a screen printer at 200 with that many screens, the setup fees are going to be pretty, pretty hefty, you know, so yeah. I'll probably, yeah. we'll probably end up just DTGing it. In fact, we did it. We ran a couple of test samples on, they want a tri-blend shirt, which uh, mm. for those of you who don't know, tri- tri-blend is going to have usually 50% polyester, 25% cotton and 25% of what is it? Air- Aragon or what argon or i don't know that's a gas i don't know (laughs) another another um or is it rayon i think it's rayon yeah i think it's it's rayon right yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah uh so so which rayon believe it or not is actually uh a natural fiber and so the cotton and the rayon make 50 percent of the garment so you have for dtg We've talked about this before. Um, it doesn't really do well with polyester. It needs a natural fiber to right. cling to that inks do. Um, right. And so that, uh, anyway, the moral of the story is the prints came out pretty dang good, actually. I was surprised. Did you, uh, did you think about pass. using the, um, the the ones that Brandon from last week, out of the, the pre-pre-treated district? Have you oh, guys the, brought any of those in the, the district? I have not. Um, he had a specific shirt he wanted. Uh, it was a Toltec wow. shirt, actually, believe it or not. And and that's the one he wanted. And so I didn't bring in any of the other ones. Um, sure. But I still need – we need to try those. You know, we, we do yeah. need to 
to try those shirts because I'm, 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 I'm excited to see kind of the results on those shirts. But anyway, yeah. okay, so that's that's screen print transfers. Screen print transfers. Yeah, um, let's move on. Let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, we're starting to get a little longer, so let's just um, let's talk about laser um, and UV. Yeah, laser. And the reason I think I think we can kind of we can't totally you know, lump these two things up because, uh, <laughs> right. one, one is actually a print method <laughs> and one is not printing anything. It's right. actually lasering away things. Um, right. And so, so, so about starting the with laser. Space. Yeah, exactly. So laser is, um, really a fun, fun medium. I really enjoy laser. There's so many yeah. things you can do it. There's so many substrates you can laser on from wood to leather to uh, metal to, you know, anything that's powder yeah. coated. That's, that's the fun, you know, if you have a, something that's stainless steel that has a powder coat, it, you sure. can do a really cool one color design. Now, obviously it's not a color, but sure. I, I think of it like that. I think if it's a, what has to be one color because you know, the laser isn't putting any color on it. It's just taking right, away. Right. So, so yeah, it's just a, it's a, you know, it's a one color process. Um, everything has to be uh, vectorized. So it, ha- it needs to be a vector to, to actually, um, you know, so to, to actually have what's in or what is needed in the file. Um, the, sure. We have uh, epilogue helix, a couple of those, and we uh-huh. use, um, Adobe Illustrator for our, so we, we go in and we take, you know, someone sends us a a JPEG or a PNG or whatever. We convert it the best we can to a line art, um, you know, drawing in Illustrator. Um, And then, so, so you have in, in your laser, uh, you have two ways of lasering and you have what's called raster or vector. And so raster is going to, um, Raster is basically just going to create your image. It's just going to laser down and and take away the powder coat, or you know, laser a little bit into the the wood or the leather or whatever. And then your vector is actually cutting. So vector is going to be a, a higher a higher um, you know frequency of the laser. It's going to be you know more power. Um, and so like when we do, you've seen me wear laser patch hats. So what we have is that is a raster and vector file. So we turn both of those things on. So we raster the image and then after all of the, so if I have 10 across the, the sheet or whatever, it does all of those. And then it comes back and it vector cuts around those images right. to, you know, cut out the image or cut out the leather or, or whatever prop product you're actually doing um so if you don't need to cut you can just do a you know just a raster um and it'll you know go across and they're really fast these helixes it's so fun to watch them you just watch this image kind of come to life in front of you it's really (laughs) really cool um and the reason i said i wanted to kind of lump it in with uv is because uh, so we have some mimaki uh 6042 mark twos and um, they have a program that comes with those mamakis called Rasterlink, and mm-hmm. it uses also Illustrator files uh, or PDFs. Um, and there are so so there's some similarities with the types of files you need or the type of skill you need in a uh, graphic right. suite of tools to be able to work efficiently with laser and with UV. Obviously, UV um, uh, is going to 
do produce full color items. Um, the thing about UV is that depending on what items you want to print is that's going to determine the type of inks you buy. So the type of inks that we have in our Mamakis right now are for hard substrates. So think pint glass, think flask, think, you know, wooden sign or, you know, plastic or like acrylic sign or something like that. Anything that's hard, um, these inks are going to do really well. So if you want to like UV and you can, if you wanted to UV on like a purse or something that was going to be able to uh, be, you know, folded or, or, or bent or whatever, um, you can definitely do that. You just have to have different inks. And so the, the, the issue then is, um, if you do want to change those inks, you have to flush your entire lines before, yeah. you know, you, uh, you, then you can put in the new link inks. So it can be a pr expensive process. And so most shops, um, they have one machine. If they have one machine, they only do one kind of substrate. If they have a couple machines, maybe they have one that does right. one kind, another that does another. The other th cool thing about UV, uh, is that you can do a clear ink, you can set one of your channels to be clear. And so it can actually, mm. if you've ever been to a hotel or a, you know, or something like yeah. that and, yep. and the room numbers are, you have that Braille and it's kind of a clear ink. That's, that's just a UV pass multiple times. It's just going over, yeah. and over, and over, and over, and over it, <clears throat> excuse me, in the same, you know, in the same pattern, building up that ink yeah. over time because every pass you have, you, uh, every pass with a UV, it, it shoots the ink out whether it be color yeah. or clear or whatever. And following that immediately, like in the same pass is a UV light that immediately dries it. So the machine can go over it, dry, dry it, and then go over it again and dry it, go over it again and dry it just back and forth and yeah. back and forth. And what it does is it builds up a layer. And so you can do some really cool texturing with UV. Yeah. Um, there's so many freaking cool think, things you can do. Yeah, with UV. There, there was one thing we, at one of the shows we went to, someone had like an actual, like typography map of, I don't know where it was, but you could feel, you could feel, and you could feel the mountain yeah. ranges on the map because it was all UV'd. I think, mm -hmm. man, UV is, is the prim process that to me gets me the most excited because I feel like it's the most diverse one mm -hmm. uh, of the group. I've seen golf balls being printed with UV. I've seen water bottles, oh. phone cases. Poker chips. Poker yep. chips, journals. I mean, just what whatever... Whatever you want to do on UV, uh, the the ability is there. And I, I think, too, I think we, we've talked about this before, but I think UV also allows you to almost have the opportunity in a retail setting to do, like, Etsy, but in person. You know what I mean? Like, you, what, what do you want? Mm. You want a journal? Pick something off the wall, and we can customize it. Or we can go laser engrave it, and then UV it, or vice versa. I feel like UV gives you so many options of things yeah. that you can do and that that's the one for me that gets me the most excited and if you're you know if you're out there and you're looking for a drop shipper that does uv i think it's super important because like i said you 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 have so much so many products to, to be able to mm -hmm. offer to your customers um that someone you know just selling shirts or just selling hoodies won't have so that's you know find out ask questions if, if you don't mm -hmm. know i'm sure your print-on-demand partners can can give you that information, but it's super, super exciting to me. UV gets, gets me pumped. Yeah. As if you can't tell. Uh, so that, that to me is like <laughs> the one that I, that I want to get my hands on and just see what, what I can do. I mean, you can do lap, you can put Mac MacBooks in there and print off the top yeah. of them. And, I mean, I mean all kinds of stuff. So he just is this your call? Me. Hold on. Yep. Okay. One second.
In fact, um, it, before we were so rudely interrupted. Uh, yeah, my, my call happened. That's why people, <laughs> a jarring edit, no doubt. But no, as, as a matter of fact, but, um, we're planning on going to a UV-based, uh, it's not really a conference, it's more of a training seminar Um in nice. Nashville, Tate and I, my production manager, my son, um, we're going to, yes. yeah, we're going to go to Nash Vegas <laughs> and I've actually never been to Nashville. So I'm kind of excited just to see it. Um, yeah. but we're going to be there for a few days. They're going to talk about, you know, some illustrator stuff. A lot of people use Corel draw, um, for mm -hmm. UV as well, but, um, yeah. And just setting up jigs and, and working with the, the, the people who are putting these on, are exclusively Mamaki dealers. And so okay. they know a lot about the machines that we have. They work on them all the time. In fact, we had sure. one of their techs out in, in our facility a while back. And um, so we're really learning, really excited to, you know, kind of see what we can learn there and also, you know, potentially do a Facebook live or two, you know, in the, in the thing and um, share it with some of our listeners too. So, uh, but yeah, I agree, man. UV is super cool. I just don't know enough about it to get as jazzed as you do, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those, one of those mediums that um, I I'm, I'm excited to learn more about. I know my son is too. Right. Yeah. Um, he's very excited to kind of, you know, you know, peel back uh, yeah. the curtain, just understand it more and like really sure. dig in and see what we can do with it. Yeah. That's, I think that's what gets me excited just because, you know, you and I have seen at, at shows and, and SGIAs and stuff, but you know what the, the possibility is. And I feel like there's so much meat on that bone that, that not, mm. neither of us know a lot of. So I'm really interested to hear uh, what you have learned uh, when you get back from this yeah. conference. Um, it'd be really, really interesting to hear. The last thing we can talk about is kind of, you know, an overview of different pro print processes, uh, large format HD printers, mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know, posters. And you were saying, you know, large format doesn't have to be a semi or a subway wall. Uh, <laughs> it can be 36 inches or 64. I mean, anything that's bigger than a traditional press size, I would, I would assume would be considered kind of a large format. But there's a mm -hmm. lot of cool stuff you can do uh, with large format printers for sure. Yeah, like we've been to the shows where they do have, you know, the 10 foot, yeah. 12 foot, 15, 20 foot wide printers that are doing massive, massive prints. Yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, that is large format, but it's not what we're talking about. At least I mean, that ain't yeah, going to fit in my it's, shop. You, it's the thing that you like, you're walking through the trade show and you're. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you go to like the back area and it's like just massive yeah. machines printing out these very high definition glossy posters and i'm like what right. in the world like this is the stuff you put on billboards i mean it's really really right. cool but you're it's right really cool uh you need a whole nother shop just to house that yeah. one thing <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of people that i mean you know large format is a whole other industry really i mean it's different yeah. from what either one of us are doing um yeah. but it's it's very viable um, if, if you have the space to do it. I mean, you could potentially get into like banner printing and, you know, there's a lot of like trade show things you could get into if you have some, you know, connections there. There's some options there. But even just on on the more print on demand side, um, you know, you could do take your artwork and do posters or, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were, I was telling you there's this isn't really large format necessarily, but you know, there's, there's UV machines that are also cutters. So think about yeah. a vinyl cutter. So it's like a, 
a machine that cuts the actual thing out, but first it prints, <laughs> it prints UV on this, <laughs> on the fabric, and then it cuts yeah. that out. So you could like do stickers. Um, again, you know, some of that stuff you can do posters on. Um, and then you, you have your artwork again, it's just another medium that you can, uh, potentially yeah. sell and put out there for the masses to, to consume. Uh, if you wanted to, you could even, uh, basically have this machine um you could pair it with like a wood shop of sorts to where you could make frames you could yeah. then have people come in for even from your community you could have a local business right just with that just with a and th i mean some of these machines depending on how big they are but i mean you can get into them for a, a few grand you know two three yeah. four thousand they, i mean they go up from there for sure but you could yep. get a really nice printer for four thousand dollars that's pretty much brand new has a warranty on it and can kick some serious poster tail <laughs> <laughs> yeah lot, lots of cool pose possibilities there yeah. and again these, these are just overviews of different print processes for either you know to consider yourself if you are doing you know actual in-house production or consider expanding to uh for your drop shipping um business as well because all of these things do grammy posters are wildly popular uh laser right. engraved you know flasks and you know shot glasses and Embroidery, of course, of course, always super popular. So these are all things that no matter what side of the spectrum you're on here, uh, what side of the coin you, you happen to be on at this time, uh, all of these are advantageous to know more about because mm -hmm. you'll be able to make money off of them. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, the, one of the reasons we've, we're talking about this is because we've gotten these questions, you know, sent into us email and whatnot. Uh, sure. People have commented on things and they're like, Hey, I've, I've not ever heard an episode on embroidery. Well, it's because, you know, when they asked that question, we were still trying to figure it out ourselves. And so, <laughs> you know, this is kind of, you know, our happy medium <laughs> podcast right. to, to kind of just right. share a little bit of the, you know, the greatest hits, I guess, if you will, just kind yeah. of overview. Yeah. So you kind of, understand it um and maybe have uh, a little more and you can make a better informed decision if you're thinking about moving in any of these directions sure. but you can also sure. better explain it to your potential end customer if they ever want you to help them source something like that and you can kind of be yeah. a middleman for that so it, it yeah. it's definitely beneficial like josiah says to understand these different processes because you just never know what you know when your customer is going to ask you for something that you know you've never done before and and it's good right. to have some of these other processes in your back pocket as a potential solution yes because the the alternative is saying no and that's not something you want to do when you're building a business, whether it's drop shipping or whether it's in-house production, right. whatever you're doing, uh, you always want to find a way to service the customer and get them what they need. So uh, I think that does it for this week's main event. Thank you guys so much for joining us again, for pressing play, subscribe, download, whatever it is you push to start listening to our dad jokes and our entertainment and information. Thank you for pushing that particular button. Uh, we will be back next week, of course, with episode 52, a new look, a new style, a new theme song, a new intro, so a surprise guest, a merch store. Uh, this is something we laid the groundwork for, I think, probably a month and a half, two months ago. We were just mm -hmm. kind of sitting on it and resisted the urge just to jar all of your attention away from <laughs> what was to what is about to be. Uh, again, uh, look for the Facebook, look in the Facebook group this week. Again, it's printonamancast.com slash Facebook. We'll drop a little teaser. Uh, video a little like less than a minute clip that will kind of give you a new uh preview of the look the new logo the new aesthetic and we're very very excited to bring all of that to you of course again 
join the Facebook group. That's really the whole point I talked about mm-hmm. that. The video will be there, but you need to join the Facebook group anyway, even if there wasn't going to be a video or an incentive, you just need to join the Facebook group. Uh, another thing that you could do that would help us out a lot is leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe next week for the inauguration of yep. the third season, we can shout out another five-star review that's out there. Uh, it would mm-hmm. be great to, to get more uh, attention to that as well. And we thank you in advance for leaving that five-star review that we solicited directly from you. And like I said yeah. last week, you can even mention that directly uh, on the yeah. review. The only reason I gave them five stars is because they asked for it. I, I, I don't care. That's five stars. We'll take it. Uh, <laughs> and as always, wherever there are podcasts, the POD cast is there for you on all of the major platforms. So wherever your favorite spot to get podcasts is, there we are for you so for travis i'm josiah and we will see you next week season three year old episode a special commemorative episode of the print on demand cast surprise guest merch stores lots of cool stuff we will see you then next week my friends see ya thanks for listening to this week's episode of the print on demand cast we hope you enjoyed the show if you've got a question or a suggestion for the show send travis and josiah an email at info at print Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.